On October 2, 2019, Brandon Boudreau had an attempt made on his life. A 2018 Jeep Wrangler was used that day to drive to Brandon's house, and a gun was fired from that Jeep into the window of Brandon's vehicle, missing his head only by inches. The driver was said to be Alex Cox, although the Jeep wasn't his. The Jeep was registered to Charles Vallow's name, except he's been deceased for the last three months. Tylee Ryan, Lori's daughter, drove that Jeep, except she also had been deceased for the past three weeks. And JJ was also killed just a week before. Now from recently released documents, info is coming out regarding the Jeep, the driver, and the events leading up to the attempt made on Brandon. Here's what went down starting the week before October 2nd. Between the night of September 22nd and the early morning hours of September 23rd, JJ Vallow was killed and buried in Chad Daybell's yard. At 9.55 a.m. that morning, Alex's phone pinged at Chad's property near the pond where JJ would later be found, and he was there for 17 minutes. It was a Monday, so Chad's wife, Tammy, would be at work at the time. Now that same day, on September the 23rd, Photos of ammo from the gun shop in Idaho Falls was found on Lori's iCloud account. Now, it was also said that Alex felt like doing a little shopping that day to look for a coat for Lori. One of the detectives talked about it in an email, and here's what it said. I can tell you that Alex and Lori had a really weird relationship. Around the day that JJ disappeared, he was shopping for a coat for her strange. And speaking of strange, as a side note, I do wonder what drive through Alex went through that day for lunch because right after Tylee was killed and buried, Alex went straight to a fast food place for lunch. So this day, JJ was buried. I'm wondering what he had for lunch as well. Now, according to the documents between September 25th to September 30th, Alex and the Jeep were very busy. The Jeep's window was tinted, the Jeep's back wheel was also removed, as well as the back seat. Now, Alex also went to the shooting range, and it was noted that both Chad and Alex used throwaway phones that week. Also, very, very, very notable. Melanie Boudreau, who would later on become Melanie Pulowski, or some people get pretty testy and it says it's Pavlovsky, she visited Alex and Lori on September 26th to September 29th, and she flew back to Arizona on the 29th. Now, in my opinion, this sounds like another huddle to me. We know there was a little huddle in November during Thanksgiving, and that's when just after Thanksgiving, they all went and got married. That was Alex and Zulema, and of course, Ian and Melanie. So this sounds like another little huddle. Stay tuned, I'm about to tell you a little more. Now on September 30th in the evening, Alex heads to Arizona from Idaho. It's about a 13 and a half hour drive from Rexburg. And it's said in the probable cause statement that Alex arrived near Gilbert, Arizona on October 1st at approximately 7.30 p.m. Now, since it's a 13 and a half hour drive to get there, and if I subtract 13 and a half hours from 7.30 p.m., that would have put Alex in Idaho uh, early that morning on the 1st, but he left on the 30th in the evening. So I do wonder where did Alex stay or what stops did he make since he left on that night. And I'm also wondering, where did Alex stay when he arrived in Arizona? 
We know that Zulema lived there. We also know that Melanie was there. And I'm guessing at this point he stayed with Melanie. It's just a guess. Uh, I'll show you why I don't think he stayed with Zulema in a minute. Also on this day, October 1st, Lori rented her 10 by 10 storage unit in Rexburg, Idaho. She was seen on security cam footage driving in her blue Nissan Rogue. October 2nd, Lori is back at the storage unit with Chad Daybell and they are depositing the wheel and the back seat from the back of the Jeep. And on this morning is when Brandon would have the attempt made on his life. At 7.15 a.m., Brandon leaves his residence with his children and he's going to meet up with Melanie to exchange the kits. And in my opinion, maybe he knew because Melanie was set to meet Brandon, quite possible. And I wonder if it's a text maybe from Melanie asking Brandon, hey, let me know what time you're leaving. Or uh, was it really close where Melanie met him and then said, you know, hey, now I have the kids very well could be. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Now, right after Alex searched for Brandon's house address, a minute later at 7.19 a.m., Alex drove to Brandon's house where he waited for 118 minutes for Brandon to come back. So almost two hours sitting outside. Now you see, Brandon was supposed to come back after drop-off, but he decided to go to the gym first. So he worked out and he came home. Now he arrived at around 9.14 a.m and that's when he was shot at. He then drove off, obviously in a panic. Here's what the probable cause statement reads. At approximately 9.14 a.m., Brandon drove towards his driveway when Alex opened the back window of the Jeep and shot at Brandon's moving vehicle. The projectile hit the front driver's side A-pillar but did not strike Brandon. Brandon called 911 as Alex drove away. And by 9.22 a.m., Brandon phone 911. Now, note, here's what's very interesting as well. Brandon had just moved to this house. It was a new address where he was shot at. And the only person in Alex's family to know where Brandon lived was Melanie, because Melanie had asked Brandon and Brandon told her where he lived. She asked on September 17th. This was two weeks before her little family huddle in Idaho, which was a few days before this shooting. So Alex would have found out, in my opinion, from Melanie, one could deduce. And if you think about it, why in the heck would Melanie give Brandon's address to Alex? For what reason, right? I'm super curious about that one, and I'd wonder what she would have to say about it. And speaking of Melanie, she did talk in a couple of interviews about the shooting. And number one, she actually talked to a friend on the phone, which has been recently released. And she said that she believes that Brandon either made it all up or that he shot at his vehicle himself. She thinks that it was orchestrated. Also notable, Brandon was rated as dark on the rubric. That's what I call the hit list. It's that dark and light rubric as we all pretty much know about it. And you know when you're dark, you're also called a zombie and you know what happens to zombies in Lori and Chad and Alex's and a few others' uh, minds. So the next day after the attempted shooting, Alex is seen back in Idaho and he's seen back at the storage unit. 
he appears on surveillance video at Lori's storage unit with Lori in the afternoon. And most likely Alex left Arizona, in my opinion, after the attempt was made the day before. I'd have to find out exactly what time he left. I haven't read that uh, to this point or it's been a while. Now at the storage unit, Alex and Lori grab the tire and the back seat from the storage unit and then they place it into Lori's blue Nissan Rogue. Now, if you'd like to see what Lori did with her car to get rid of evidence, be sure to check out the video that I'll have below in the description and at the end of this video, it's a fairly recent video and it involves Colby Ryan, Lori's son. Now, a few hours after the storage unit, there was a text from Zulema Pastenis to Alex, and she asked how he was doing. His response was, wow, nice, just waiting and laughing and singing. Are you coming up soon? Do you think that Zulema knew Alex was in town the day before? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. This is why I mentioned earlier in this video that I don't know that Zulema really knew that Alex was in Arizona. So perhaps he did stay at Melanie's. Let me know your thoughts. Now, there's also lab results that came from this recent information. And here are some of the notes from the lab report in regards to the Jeep Wrangler. It says the Mesa lab report was received and indicated the following items were tested with the following results. Jeep Wrangler. First one is cuttings of swabs from steering wheel. There were DNA profiles that indicated a minimum of three contributors. The major donor was consistent with a male origin. The male DNA profile matched Alexander Cox. The other DNA profiles did not match the exclusionary samples. Number two, cutting of swabs from passenger seat belt buckle. There was no meaningful conclusion as a result of insufficient DNA. Three, cutting of swabs from driver's seat belt buckle. There were DNA profiles that indicated a minimum of three contributors. The major donor was consistent with male origin. The male DNA profile matched Alexander Cox. The other DNA profiles did not match the exclusionary samples. Four, cuttings of swabs from gear shifter. There were DNA profiles that indicated a minimum of three contributors consistent with both male and female origin. Alexander Cox could not be eliminated as a contributor to the DNA mixture obtained. The other DNA profiles did not match the exclusionary samples. Five, cuttings of swabs from passenger seat interior door handle. There was no meaningful conclusion as a result of insufficient DNA. Six, Cuttings of swabs from lug nuts of spare tire. There was no meaningful conclusion as a result of insufficient DNA. Seven, cuttings of swabs from driver's side interior door handle. There was no meaningful conclusion as a result of insufficient DNA. Perhaps he wiped some things down. Now I also have the probable cause statement here and I read little bits to you throughout this video. However, I'm gonna read this in an entirety so it's not very long, just so that you can put these things together now. So it says, digital, physical, audio, and video evidence gathered and processed throughout the duration of the combined investigation has revealed Alexander Alex Lamar Cox, Lori Noreen Vallo Daybell, and Chad Guy Daybell conspired and executed the premeditation murders of multiple victims. All the victims were family members of the offenders. The victims were murdered as a result of the offenders' beliefs that the victims were possessed and had, quote-unquote, dark souls, amongst other deviant conditions. 
Between October of 2018 and October of 2019, Alex, Lori, and Chad identified Brandon Boudreaux as a dark soul. Lori had extensive communication with Melanie Lee Boudreaux-Pulowski, which resulted in Melanie and Brandon's separation and divorce. On September 17, 2019, Brandon provided Melanie with his new rental address per Melanie's request. That address was known to few people. Only Melanie had relations with the offenders. Between September 26th and September 29th, Melanie visited Lori and Alex in Idaho. Melanie flew back to Arizona on September 29th. Between September 25th and September 30th, 2019, Alex, Lori, and Chad prepared for Brandon's murder. Some of those preparations included the involved Jeep Wrangler's window tinting, the removal of the Jeep's back seat, the removal of the Jeep's back wheel, the rental of a storage unit where the Jeep's wheel and seat were stored, Alex going to the shooting range, and use of throwaway phones by Chad and Alex. On the evening of September 30th, 2019, Alex drove the Jeep Wrangler from Rexburg, Idaho, and arrived near Gilbert, Arizona on October 1st at approximately 7.30 p.m. On October 2nd, 2019, at approximately 7.18 a.m., Alex looked up directions to Brandon's rental address while parked approximately two miles away. At approximately 7.15 hours, Brandon left his residence with his children. At approximately 7.19 a.m., Alex drove to Brandon's address and parked outside where he waited for approximately 118 minutes. And there's a little bit redacted. It says at approximately 9.14, Brandon drove towards his driveway when Alex opened the back window of the Jeep and shot at Brandon's moving vehicle. The projectile hit the front driver's side A-pillar but did not strike Brandon. Brandon called 911 as Alex drove away. Now it's interesting here to me that there's not more on Melanie, but in the past I've done quite a few videos I think we're almost hitting 200 possibly in this case, 160, 170, something like that. And I did do a series on Melanie Boudreaux as well. And there are many, many discrepancies from her and a lot of word salad. And now it's interesting that Melanie was actually in Idaho from the 26th to the 29th of September at the same time where all these plans were going on and they were planning on going to uh, kill Brandon. So I'm curious, how much does Melanie know? And a lot of people, and you can let me know if you agree or disagree down in the comments, a lot of people think she knows a lot more. And I've called Melanie before a little mini-me because I believe she does a lot what Lori, um, Lori does and what Lori says. She learns the manipulations from Lori, you could say. And we know a couple, and you might not know this actually, but a couple weeks after this happened with Brandon, that's when Melanie was telling Brandon that, hey, I'm going to move to Idaho, but she totally lies as to where she's going, um, and she says she's going to move somewhere else. So there's that. And also, something worth mentioning, that Brandon had a $1 million life insurance policy. Sound familiar? And so, you know, if Brandon died, then guess who gets a million dollars? It's not Lori, it's Melanie Boudreaux. So uh, I'm wondering 
Let me know what you think. Do you think that Melanie's being investigated and it's just a matter of time for them to put together? Or do you think Melanie's gonna be safe? Curious to know your thoughts. There's more and more information coming out, as I said, over and over. It's just gonna get worse with the details, and it is. And uh, we will find out soon though, this upcoming week, so stay tuned. On December 2nd, we will find out when the trial's finally gonna happen for Chad Daybell. Hopefully we can find out soon when Lori's gonna be deemed competent and we can move along with that as well. Let's have a chit chat below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share this out. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.